0: Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives. And my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. Alright, so, uh, you know, it's so good, you know, once again, uh, you know, just to be in the presence of God at the beginning of this year and, uh, you know, I want to, you know, really uh, take this time, you know, especially this is the first Sunday of, you know, this new year 2022 and um, like... You know, I mean, last two years, when you look back at whatever has happened, you know, it's it's easy to look back and discouraged, feel discouraged about everything that's happened and, you know, think that, oh man, here's another year, COVID is still, you know, around, nothing has changed much and it's easy, you know, to get discouraged in that whole process and, you know, for many people, you know, uh, one thing I'm noticing, you know, in all the social media posts that I was looking at or, you know, the things that was forwarded to me as well was, you know, I had to do with this one word. The word hope, you know, and and hope in not such a good way, you know. They things like you know, hope that you know this is a better year, hope that you know this year is better than the last. Okay, don't know if we should really hope for a good year. These are the kind of messages, you know, that's you know being spread around. These are the kind of things that you know people are talking about, people are thinking about, and and you know, it's true that you know 2020 might not have been a great year for many of us. It's true that maybe 2021 was you know, even worse than 2020, I for one, I can say this, I mean, most of you all know, you know, what happened with us and us as a family, you know, uh, we've been through a lot of ups and downs in 2021, we've been through the worst of the worst, we've seen, you know, the best of the best as well, I would say that, but, you know, can I say this, you know, at the beginning of this year, it's not wrong to hope for something better in 2022. Okay, it's not wrong to hope for something better in 2022. Why? Because hope is a word, you know, that 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 should be anchored, you know, especially, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus. Right? Hope is a word that should be anchored to us, you know, each of us. In fact, you know, uh, what I want to do today is I want to talk about, I've titled today's message as, you know, Facing 2022. All right. Uh, I know, you know, um, like I said, you know, things might not have been great. And many of, you know, you, you know, who's listening also might be thinking, man, what is 2022 to God to offer? You know, what can be different? I mean, everything is the same thing seems to be going 2020 went really bad 2021, you know, went re- even below. There's no, you know, great expectation from 2022. But can I say this, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it's important to understand and to hold on to that word hope because, you know, Christ gives us the hope beyond anything that we can see in and around all of us. You know, in fact, this is what, you know, the Hebrews writer, you know, in his letter, uh, here's what he writes, you know, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2, it's there on the screen. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, you know, here's what he says. Let us lay aside every weight, And the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, you know, let's lay aside all that weight, all the burdens, every, you know, problem and situation, you know, that's adverse and that's problematic. Let's just lay it aside just for a moment. You know, he talks about the sin that so easily and all of us, you know, we can say there's at least one sin, you know, that easily we get entangled by, We, you know, we fall down to. Okay, he's saying let's lay aside all of that for a moment and let's run with endurance the race that is set before us and here's here's the key of the whole thing verse 2 looking unto Jesus He's saying, listen, don't look at your problems. Don't look at all the situations around you. Facing 2022, you know, if you should run for something, you should run looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he's giving an example of what Jesus went through. Was he, you know, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, so. Here's you know the reason why we should hope because not because you know things might be better in 2022. Now there's no assurance that you know things are going to be better in 2022. Things might all for all you know might become even worse. But you know we're not going to look at the problems around us. We're not going to look at the situation around us. If we should be focused on one thing, it should be a one person. It should be on the person of Jesus Christ, and that church can I tell you should be the reason for me and you to have hope while we move forward into this year of 2022 all right um having said that you know uh, many of you you know might not have been you know the here at the beginning of 2021 some of you have so you you've heard me say this you know right through this whole last one year 2021 okay and one of the you know uh, verses or one of the you know word which, you know, God was really speaking to me, Um, you know, regarding to us as a church last year was from the book of, you know, Matthew chapter 9, verse 10 to 13. Okay. Um, Some of you remember this again, it's there on the screen. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. All right, and and when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, "Why does your teachers eat with tax collectors and sinners?" You know, in this in this situation here, Jesus is sitting down in a house, you know, to eat, and he seated amongst sinners, and he seated amongst tax collector tax collectors. And that day was a group of people by themselves. Why? Because they were equally as bad. And so sinners were separate, tax collectors were separate. They were fully fully corrupt. You know, they were minting a lot of money from the people. Okay, and here the Pharisees look at Jesus and they say, you know, why does Jesus sit with these tax collectors and sinners? Okay, shouldn't Jesus, you know, be a holy man? Shouldn't he be coming to the church? Shouldn't he be sitting with holy people? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. 13, you know, it's what Jesus said, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And here's why, you know, I believe... um, you know, what God was really lying or, you know, uh, laying on my heart in regard to, you know, the church at Manipal was that, you know, like I said this earlier, you know, Manipal does not need another church. There's enough and more churches. Can I say this? New Life does not need another church extension or a branch in Manipal. Okay. It's not about the organization. It's not about even the city. Okay, but it's about, you know, understanding that, listen, Manipal, God, you know, just like Jesus was seated amongst tax collectors and sinners, you know, I believe the church at Manipal is called to be seated amongst them so that, you know, that they, the church would be able to influence and impact the lives of every person who's there, you know, in sin and bondage and addiction, whatever it is that the people in Manipal are going through, the church would be a light, you know, to all those people who are there. And that is what I strongly believe, you know, the church is called for. And can I tell you this? I believe, you know, this coming year is no different. I believe this coming year, you know, in our church, you know, the church is going to make an impact in the lives of the people who are unrighteous, who are unholy, people, you know, that you wouldn't want to associate with, people that you would look at them and you'd say that, you know what, I don't think I can even include them in my company. Can I tell you this? Jesus included the worst of the worst people in his company. How's that for a group of friends? You know, when we think about friends, we think about the people that we can associate with, like-minded people. Isn't that true? That many times, you know, when the people that we closely associate with are people like that. But Jesus stepped out of his comfort zone. He said, listen, these are the people that God has sent me here for. And can I tell you this church? The church in Manipal has been sent by God, commissioned by God to go into Manipal and to be closely associated with the sinners, people that nobody wants to associate with all right and and i believe this is you know a year you know that is very similar and, you know, I don't think, you know, anything different is going to happen when it comes to, you know, what the church is called to do in this coming year. You know, one of the things this last year, you know, what we did, you know, I think the media team and all of us, you know, we were just going through a couple of things. And, you know, it was it was new to me. It was new information to me. And we realized that, you know, there are four groups of people that you can actually, you know, look at. All right. And, you know, that's it's there on the screen. Okay. We found that, you know, there are non-believers all right Uh, non-believers are people can i tell you this? non-believers are people who have never heard about jesus okay they 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 don't know about faith they don't know about the bible they don't know anything about jesus okay those are the people who don't believe in jesus they have no idea all right then there's a group of people believers okay these are You know, the people, when you look at them, you know that, you know, they're godly people. Their lives are characterized by prayer and God's word. And Sunday, you know, you will find them in the church. Okay, why? Because their life literally revolves around God. Okay, then there's a group of people that are unchurched. Unchurched people include both non-believers, believers believers, and post-Christian. I'll talk about that. Okay, these people... They just don't want to be a church. For them, church is not a priority. For them, church is like, okay, man, I'm not doing anything on Sunday. Yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I read God's word. But you know, it's my prayer life. It's about me. I don't really, you know, think church is that important. There are a lot of people who are unchurched who are not attending church. And then, you know, the group that I'm really, really concerned about is a post-Christian. Now, post-Christian, okay, can I tell you this? You can Google it. You'll find this word post-Christian. I didn't even know about this group. Okay, this group of people are people um, who know Jesus. That's, you know, that's like the whole thing about the whole thing. They know Jesus. They they literally, um, you know, they believe in God's word. Everything is there. The only problem with this group, is that they believe in Jesus. They're willing to stick their faith in as long as it's convenient for them. You know, if, it, if it's inconvenient, if it you know, causes any inconvenience, it causes them to step out of the comfort zone, then, you know, they, they really don't want to pursue Jesus. They don't want to follow Jesus. It's like, man, if it, if it suits my timetable, it suits me, you know, nothing, you know, pushes me out of my, this thing, as long as it's not out of my way, then it's fine. I'll follow Jesus. I'll, you know, do what the God's word says. But otherwise, no. You know, in fact, Google, um, Wikipedia, you know, defines this group of people as a people who just want to be happy. If faith causes them to become unhappy, They'll just leave it, okay? And that's the group, you know, that I'm really, really concerned about. But, you know, these are four groups of people. Can I tell you this? I just had a vague idea about it. I had no idea that, you know, these are the kind of people. But what it did this, you know, it's not that, you know, we're judging people. But what it did is it gave us a clarity on, you know, the type of people that we need to reach out to. And can I tell you this? God wants to reach out to every one of these people, Okay. Why? Because God loves each and every one of these group of people. God values each of them so deeply and so immensely. You know, in fact, what you know, this actually helped us to do. Or can I tell you, this is last one month. You know, I've just been sitting with God. I've been asking God, God, what do we do? You know, as a church, how are we going to go forward? What are we going to really look about? And you know, I, I bottled it down into one simple sentence. Okay, and and can I tell you this? Okay, the church at Manipal. Anything that we do in Manipal is going to revolve around this one statement. I, I, I mean, people call it a vision statement, whatever you want to call it, you can call it. But here's, you know, the statement. I think it's yeah, it's there upon the screen. Okay, our church exists to inspire people to follow Jesus. That's it. Okay, all we want to do. Anybody who comes, who becomes a part of our church, who becomes a part of our family, who wants, you know, to you know this, all we want to do is to inspire them to follow Jesus regardless of what group of people they come from whether they are post-christian whether they're non-believers whether they're believers you know there are believers who don't really follow Jesus okay whether they are unchurched people all we want to do is inspire them to follow Jesus Christ now, I know that you know it sounds pretty simple is like you know you might be asking me isn't that what every church is supposed to be doing maybe all right but you know can I tell you this I I need something concrete. I need something, you know, to look up to and say that, you know what, man, that's what we're doing. You know, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And this is what I believe, you know, we as a church in Manipal is called to do. Why? Because this, when we start doing this, regardless of what type of people they are, you know, what background, what culture, what, you know, things they're coming from, if we can simply inspire them to follow Jesus Christ, it will fulfill the mission. If some of us remember when we started the mission, Pastor Matthew, you know, he came and shared that the mission is to raise up missionaries. You know, if we can simply inspire people to follow Jesus, They would become missionaries and then they will go wherever they have been called to go and do the same thing. They will inspire other people to follow Jesus Christ. All right. Now, um, you know, um, like I said this earlier, you know, God loves everybody. Alright. And that's why one of the reasons I believe, you know, God, I mean, if you remember the one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is long suffering or, you know, some of the translations, it calls it patient. Our God is a long suffering and patient God. And can I tell you this again and again, God wants to reach out to each and every one of these people. Okay. They are there around you. Alright. If you're in your college, you're in your hostel, okay. If you're, you know, in your workplace, you're working. Can I tell you, you look around you. You will find each and every one of these groups of people. They fit into one of these. But can I tell you, God is waiting patiently so that they might come to the knowledge of saving grace. They might come to become a part of God's family. Okay, how do I know this? Okay, Uh, Paul writes this, you know, to Timothy, you know, in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, okay. Therefore, I exhort... Paul is writing to Timothy. Therefore, Paul is saying, I exhort first of all that all supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. All right. This is what we're going to be doing, you know, in the next week. All right. But the the reason, you know, what's the reason? Why is Paul saying, listen, Timothy, you and your church, listen, you need to be able to pray for all of these people. Why? So that you may lead you May lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Okay. Now look at verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Now, what's this? Who desires? Who desires? God desires all men. God desires post-Christians, unchurched, believers, non-believers, all those sinners, you know, that you see in Manipal, all those people you know that you don't want to be associated with. He wants every one of them to be saved and to become to the knowledge of truth. That's God's desire. And that is why God is, you know, patiently waiting. And, and, and you know, I believe, you know, that God has mandate, you know, given us a mandate as a church. You know, this um, this last week, you know, just going through, uh, you know, trying to figure out, okay, how many people are there in Manipal, you know, post-COVID and, you know, many people have left, you know, what's this? So they have updated on Wikipedia of Manipal, All right, The population in Manipal right now, 2020. I don't know, 2021, 2020 was 50,000, 000. 5-0, zero. all right? And can I tell you this? God is waiting patiently for 50,000 of those people to come into his knowledge of saving grace. He wants them to be saved. He wants them, you know, to be able to, uh, he wants to have a personal relationship with each and every one of them. We as a church are called to inspire them to start following jesus christ now you know what's interesting all right i've I've just given you some stats i've given you just this thing okay what's interesting is you know did you know that jesus you know when he was preaching when he was teaching did you know that he also actually faced four groups of people Interesting, isn't it? I just, you know, when I was spending time in my personal time, uh, this came like a big revelation to me. I didn't even know this was there, you know, that Jesus also had this, you know, the different groups of people that existed, okay? In fact, um, some of you know the story so well, all right? I'm not going to go into the story. Jesus talks about three parables in that one chapter, okay? Luke 15, chapter one, I mean, chapter 15 was one to two, okay? what's this now. Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him. You know, that's, you know, that's something that I really, yeah, so yeah, you know, this is the first verse there, right? Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to me, you know, that's 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 the prayer that I have, you know, for us as a church, you know, that every person will just draw near, you know, it's it, they just want to be near, you know, God, they just want to feel the presence of God, they want to be in the presence of God, you know. This is what it says, you know, tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. Okay, so that's two groups of people right there. what was 2. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained. All right, we will come back to the complaint. But look at the two groups of people there. That's totally four groups of people. Tax collectors, sinners, the Pharisees and the scribes. You know, there are four groups of people seated right there. All right. And, and you know what Jesus does? Jesus wants to address all four groups of people. And that's when, you know, again, I don't have that scripture up on the screen, but I'm assuming that, you know, most of us, we have gone through Luke 15. Okay, the first parable, you know, he breaks out into three parables there. The first parable is about the lost sheep. Then he talks about the lost coin. And then he talks about the prodigal son. All right. And he's talking all these three parables to the four groups of people who are gathered around him in that one specific place. And can I tell you this? Jesus valued all four groups of people he valued he loved them he didn't want any of them to get lost and that's why you know he spoke to them he tried to you know see if they were willing to listen and they were willing to follow him you know, for the rest of their lives. And that is why, can I tell you this? Okay, it's important for us to understand and it's important for us to look at, you know, people and say that, man, I know that nobody wants to associate with these kind of people. I know that, man, they're the ones that, they're the outcasts, they're the ones, you know, nobody wants to be around. But that is exactly the same group of people that God has called us to, you know. Now, okay, I've shared about, you know, the vision statement, I've talked about, you know, the different groups of people that, you know, we're supposed to be, how are we going to do this? All right. How are we going to do this? You know, when you study the life of the Apostle Paul, okay, you know, you see this, you know, very, very clearly that he was willing to do anything to save people. In fact, you know, uh, in his letter to the church at Corinth, okay, he writes this in First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 to 22. Okay. Here's what Paul is saying. Though I'm free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all. Here's what he's saying, listen, I'm free from all men, but I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews, now here's what he's writing. And and to the Jews, I became a Jew that I might win the Jews. You know what's interesting about that statement? Paul was a Jew. Okay. And he's writing here, listen, you know, to the Jews, I became a Jew. I mean, what does that even mean, Paul? I mean, you're already a Jew. How can you become more Jewish? You know, just by saying the statement here. You know what he's really saying? Listen, Jews are people who followed the law of Moses. They were the ones, you know, they were perfect in following the law of Moses. And he was saying, listen, to the Jewish people, I will become a perfect Jew. Why? So that I might win the Jews. To the ones who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. He goes on to say, okay, um, to those who are without the law, okay, toward God, but under the law, toward Christ, that I might win those who are without the law. Okay. And then he goes on to say to the weak, I become as weak that I might win the weak. I have become, now what's this? I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. You know, here's what Paul is saying. Listen, you know, it doesn't matter what my life is all about. It really doesn't. But I am willing to become all things to all people simply so that by all means I could save some you know that some might be saved through you know whatever I become and can I tell you this you know as a church you know here's something that I want to say all right up front okay we will do anything short of sin to save some just like Paul mentions it here you know I have become all things to all men that I might or by all means save some can I tell you this NLF Manipal will do anything short of sin we will not do sin we will not commit sin but we will do anything that's not sin Even if it means stepping out of our comforts and doing things, you know, which nobody is doing. All right. Simply so that some people might get saved and come and become a part of the kingdom of God. Now, okay. Now, can I tell you this? Okay. Facing 2022. All right. We have this vision. Okay. We know what we're going to do. We know, you know, all of those things. But can I tell you, I'm not saying that 2022 is going to be easy. In fact, 2022 might be more challenging. It might be more, you know, filled with obstacles. And I mean, you know, this this today, you know, I was really looking forward to come to Manipal, okay. And, you know, meet the people, open up the church, you know, all of those things. And we find ourselves here online. All right. But regardless of the obstacles, regardless of the problems, regardless of the situation, can I tell you something? You know, when we are willing to put the vision of the calling that God has on our lives in front of us, we can push forward and run with endurance the race, you know, which is said before. Just like the Hebrew writer said. And then, and you know, when you look at the life of Paul, you see this to be happening. You know, Paul knew what his life was all about. Paul said, listen, man, my life is about Jesus Christ. You know, everything about my life is simply so that, you know, some people might see my life and get saved. If that is what it's going to take, and then that's what I'm going to be. You know, I will not commit sin, but I will do anything that some people might ultimately, wish. to the Jewish people, I'll become a Jew. To the Gentiles, I'll become a Gentile. To the ones, you know, without the law, with the law, you know, the ones who are strong, ones who are weak, it does not matter. I will become everything that I can become so that some people might get saved. Why? Because his life was beating with the calling that God had on his life. His life was beating with the vision that God had placed in his life. You know, in fact, um, you know, many times, you know, what happens is when we look at problems, okay, can I tell you this, 2022 might be more difficult than 2020 or 2021. I don't know. But can I tell you this, regardless of the problems that might come, regardless of the, you know, the uh, the situation that is there, if we are willing to walk with the calling of God in our lives, if we are willing to focus on Jesus and the vision that God has placed in our hearts, okay, we are going to be able to move forward and see, do God do great things in our lives, you know. Paul, you remember, if you remember Paul's life, you know, Paul had this great vision. Paul had, you know, all of these things going on. But Paul was arrested and he was put into the prison. I don't know if you're aware, but most of the letters in the New Testament that was written to the churches was written when he was in prison. Okay, Paul was literally in a prison. He was stuck. He didn't know what to do. He was was literally in a place where he did not know how to move forward. But that did not hinder him from doing what God had called him to do. In fact, you know, in his letter to the church at Philippi, you know, here's what it says there on your screen, Philippians, uh, Philippians uh, chapter 1, verse 12 to 18. But I want you to know, brothers, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it had become evident to the whole palace garden, to all the rest, that my chains are in Christ. You know, he's, he's saying, listen, he's saying, listen, I am in prison, but everything that has happened, you know, has happened for good. Okay, It happens for good and not only has it happened for good, but it has actually helped to further the gospel. Can you just go back to the previous slide? Listen, listen. everything that has happened to me, good, bad, ugly, dirty, whatever it is you want to name it, listen, it has actually helped to further the gospel. Okay, and it has become evident to the palace guard. The palace guard was the chief, of, uh, you know, the, the prisoner, the chief warden or whatever you want to call that. He, It has been evident to them. It has been evident to everybody around me that if the chains that I'm bearing today in this prison are in Jesus Christ. It's become so evident for that. And then he goes on to say, okay, verse 14, all right, that most of the brothers in the Lord, you know, most of the brothers in the Lord, they've seen my chains and they've become confident. okay. And now they're speaking much more boldly, you know, the word. They don't have any more fear, you know, till now, you know, they were filled with fear. But now they've seen that I've been in prison and because they've seen me in prison, you know, because of that, they've become more bold. And now they're preaching the word without fear. Paul was not even concerned about the change that he was having. He was not looking at his problem. He was not looking at, you know, focused on any of those things. He was just looking at how the vision and the calling that God had of his life was, you know, just furthering and moving forward. You know, and then he says, verse 15, some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife. And some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add to affliction to my change. Some people are, you know, preaching Christ so that, you know, the chains that I'm in, it becomes become more problematic for me. My problems are just going to be more increased but there is a group of people that is also out of love knowing that you know i am appointed for the defense of the gospel verse 18 that's his classic statement there what then only that in every way whether in pretense whether in truth christ is priest, and in this i rejoice yes and will rejoice you know how is it possible that a man who is in prison and you know maybe paul was even facing death you know it was no assurance that paul was going to get out of prison then He's facing death. You know, he's in the worst of his worst, probably worst places in his life. And still he's looking at everything around him. And he's rejoicing with the fact that, listen, Christ is being priest all around. The vision and the calling that God had called my life for is being fulfilled. Even though I'm stuck, I'm not moving forward. I'm not able to do anything much apart from writing these letters to all these churches here. Christ is being priest all around this I'm looking at and I'm rejoicing can I tell you this church okay as we approach 2022 listen there might be things that you know you might see and there might be more problems you know there might be things where you don't know how to move forward you know we might be in prisons where we don't know you know how we're going to wake up okay financially addictions you know that we've been carrying for so long you know so many of those things you know relationship issues and all of those things you know they might you know be blocking us and we feel that man we are trapped and we you know we, we're just stuck and we just can't move forward you know it can be 2022 can be a year where you know you might not see any breakthroughs at all. but listen are you willing to stick to the calling and the vision that God has placed in are you willing to say that, listen, God, I know this is what you've called me for. And, you know, it does not matter what happens to me. It does not happen. It matter that, you know, I'm not seeing great things happen in my life. But listen, Lord, as long as, you know, you're being priest and as long as, you know, the calling God that you have on my life is being fulfilled, you know, regardless of the situation that I am in, I'm willing to, you know, step forward. I'm willing to move forward, and and you know that that's that's you know the kind of attitude I believe that you know we need to have as we move forward, you know, into this year of 2022. Okay, can I can I also say this? All right, um, there are you know uh, there's there's two things that you can do. Yeah, you can put that slide up. Okay, the two things that you can do when you look at the problems that you're going to face. All right, you can either surrender to the circumstances around you. Or you can surrender to a mission, a cause that is so great that the circumstances, regardless of how bad they are, don't matter. Can I say that again? Okay. When you're going through a problem, when you're going through difficult circumstances, it's easy to look at those circumstances and say, you know what, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm just stuck. I, I'm just going to, you know, yield and surrender, you know, to this problem that is there. And you know, we can just cry out and we can just, you know, be in a place where we don't know what to do. Or we can stop looking at the problem we can stop looking at the situation and we can look and surrender ourselves to the mission of the vision or the calling that god has on our lives that is so great that regardless of what is going on around our lives we are willing to you know move forward and say that man i'm going to press forward and i'm going to see things happen for the glory of god can I tell you this, the minute we come into a place we're willing to surrender ourselves to the mission or the vision or the calling that God has in our lives, we're going to see great things happen, not just, you know, for what God has called us for, but even in our personal lives. And so, you know, um, I, I figured out, you know, I, when I look back at it in my own life, you know, I, I realized, you know, there are literally four ways that you can actually respond to a difficult situation or can I say this, you know, a prison experience that you might be actually going through and, you know, Maybe, you know, 2020 was like a prison experience. 2021 was a bigger prison experience. And 2022, you know, you still not got out of prison. You're still wondering, will I ever break free from where I am in this particular place? Can I tell you, there's four ways that you can actually respond to any situation, every situation that comes your way, okay? Here's number one, all right? One of the things that you can do is you can literally curse your prison all right, you can look at your prison, you can look at the problem, you can look at the difficult circumstance and you can start literally cursing, okay, when I say curse the prison and I'm not saying that, you know, you literally look at that particular problem and say all the bad words and all the bad, you know, this and I know there are some of you who do that, okay, but I'm just saying, you know, sometimes, you know, when we look at those problems, when we look at those things, I'm just saying, you know, the attitude that we carry with our hearts regarding that problem, when we look at that problem, you know, Are we going to look at that problem with a negative mindset or, you know, an angry mindset towards that problem? You know, sometimes, you know, when we come to a place of frustration, when we come to a place where, you know, we're not able to move forward, we seem to have been stuck in a particular place because of the prison or we are in a prison experience where, you know, it's all darkness all around. We just can't seem to be moving forward. We can look at that prison. We can become really angry and frustrated and say that, you know what, man, why did this happen into my life? Sometimes, you know, we come to a place and we look at God. We look at God, we point fingers at God and say, God, where are you? You know, why is nothing happening here? You know, why can't I see a breakthrough happen in this particular? Why do I have to still continue to be in this particular prison? You know, it's very important for us to realize that, you know, man, we should not be able to, we should not carry that kind of anger because carrying that kind of anger can lead to bitterness. You know, the Hebrews writer, He writes, you know, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15, here's what he says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Here's what he says, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many become defiled you know when we allow anger to linger in our hearts and the situation when we look at our problem when we see that man why has this happened and i'm frustrated and i'm angry you know what happens is we start operating out of that anger and because of that anger that we carry inside of us you know there's a chance that you know we can develop bitterness towards that situation towards everybody in fact in around us and we, when we harbor bitterness in our hearts, you know what that leads to? It leads to resentment and unforgiveness. Okay, we've, we've spoken about unforgiveness many times, you know, before. But, you know, it's important for us to understand, listen, we should not carry the anger or we should not come to a place of cursing the prison or cursing the prison experience and say, why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? All right. And, and you know, can I tell you this? When we keep cursing the prisons that we're going through, when we come to a place and we look at the situation, we be just so filled with anger. You know, can I tell you, God cannot use us for anything. Okay, now notice I didn't say God does will not love you or God will not value you. God still loves you. God still values you. But God cannot use you because you're carrying and harboring that anger and this, in you know, inside of you. And can I tell you this? You know, moving into 2022, if there is anger, if there is unforgiveness, there's bitterness, you know, towards somebody or you know, certain things that has happened in your life, can I tell you, it's a time when you should just release it to the Lord, give it to the Lord, surrender it, and just be able to move on from that particular place. Because otherwise, can I tell you, moving into 2022, if you keep carrying and harboring all of those things inside of your heart, you will not be able to see a breakthrough you know and come to your personal life when it comes to even you know the things that you want god to use you for all right so that's number one you know how can we respond to a difficult situation coming 2022 you can either curse the prison okay here's number two the way that you can actually deal with the prison you can nurse your prison okay forgive me for the rhyming word that's the best i could come up with okay but you know you can either curse your prison or you can nurse it what do i mean by nursing nurse it all right, nursing literally means you know you can look at that problem, or you can look at that difficult situation, or you can look at that prison that you are in, and say that oh, I am in this situation. Oh, you know you 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 know you can actually come to a place where you just wallow in self pity. All right, you're just pitting yourself, and you're pitting. See, I went through this. You know, this is what has happened. I'm here. I don't think I can do anything Or I, you know, you know that it's like two extremes. You know, when you come to a place where you're cursing the prison, you're filled with anger. You know, you're ready to, you know, explode at anything. It's like a volcano ready to explode. That's one extreme. Or you can come to the other extreme where you're just calm, you're quiet, you don't have any anger in your heart. But neither are you. You know, it's like. You know, they're neither hot nor cold kind of a thing. You're like, man, I'm here. You yeah, know, this, this is where I am. You know, poor, poor me, pity me. Buddy. All right, You can come to a place where you keep becoming self-sympathetic towards yourself. And you can you can just keep nursing, you know, what has happened. You can look back and say that, man, this has happened to me. Oh, I don't know how. I don't know this. I am like this. Oh, you know, that you can just come to that place. And can I tell you this? The longer you stay in that place the longer God also cannot use you in that place. You can either, you know, carry anger, God can't use you. You can either keep holding on to, you know, this particular thing that's happened in your life and say that, man, this is the reason, you know, I just can't do anything and move forward, all right? And the longer you stick in these two places, the longer God just cannot use you, okay? So you can either curse your prison, you can nurse your prison, okay? Number three, you can learn to rehearse your prison, all right? It rhymes you know, a little bit at least, okay? You can learn to rehearse your prison. You know what I mean by rehearse? I don't know if you've ever done this, okay? Have you ever gotten into an argument with somebody and you know you came back home and um, or you came back to your room and you realized, well, there were so many better things that I could have actually responded to the way that person responded. You know, I used to constantly do this once upon a time. You know, when I used to get angry at somebody and, you know, words are being exchanged, you know, left, right and center. And I'm, you know, coming back to the room and I'm thinking, you know, when they said that, I could have actually responded this way. I keep rehearsing and replaying that entire scene back in my mind over and over and over again. And I keep saying that, man... This could have happened. That could have happened. You know, many times in many of us, you know what we do? We tend to rehearse, you know, the bad experiences that we have had. We tend to rehearse. What do I mean by that? We go back to that situation and we say, man, why did this happen this way? It could have happened this way. It could have gone in this stretch. It could have, you know, we could we could go back into the past and we could keep saying that listen, it could have gone in these, these, these directions. Can I tell you this, Church? Right up front. Nobody can go back to 2020. Nobody can go back to 2021 and change whatever has happened in the past. Nobody can do that. But, you know, the more we keep rehearsing those things, the more we keep pushing ourselves into the past and the more, again, God can use us. You know, this is why I believe, you know, Paul in his, you know, in the same letter to Philippian, the Philippian church, he says, you know, Listen, Philippians 4.8, you know, here's what he says. Again, it's a popular verse, which most of us knows. Here's what he says. Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You know what he's saying? Okay, Danny's translation, rehearse on these things. If you should rehearse on something, if you should play back in your mind something, listen, think of things that are true things of things that are noble, that are pure, that are lovely, whatever is a good report, whatever is, you know, if there's anything that's praiseworthy, those are the things that you should go back to. Don't go back to your bad experiences. Don't go back to, you know, whatever is, you know, really bad that's happened to you. Instead, start, you know, going through these particular things. You know, when I was just, you know, going through this, uh, preparing, you know, for this and, you know, I was thinking, you know, what if, you know, we were in the position of... Uh, Alright, what if we were in a place where, you know, we we literally came, All right, we literally came to a place where uh, we're thinking, okay, man, I'm in this prison and I don't know what to do. And I mean, you think about Paul, okay, Paul was a church planter. He was an apostle, he was going to different places and, you know, he was literally uh, going around planting churches all over the place and suddenly now he's in this prison, he can't go out, he can't plant any more churches. You know, I'm thinking if I was in Paul and, you know, I'm writing to the church, okay and i know the church prays i know the church does you know a lot of things and i know the church loves me all of those things what would you have done if you were in that place and i've you know made a list you know i'm thinking maybe paul in writing to the church maybe he could have written a prayer list you know i mean many of us you know we good at you know prayer requests you know maybe paul could have written a you know prayer list and he could have said listen brothers okay i wrote this down i'm having a difficult time all right please pray for me you know, there's so much going on in this prison, okay? I'm trying to share the gospel to the, you know, the the, the chief warden or the, you know, the, the jailer here. Okay, I'm trying, you know, pray that, you know, please pray that, you know, he would open up his heart. He would receive the gospel okay, that's one prayer, okay, pray that I will not be stuck in this prison, okay, pray that, you know, that, you know, God will set me free from here, so that I can come out, I can continue to do, you know, what God has called me to do, I can plant all those churches, I can go back, you know, into doing everything that God has called me to do, okay, that could be one prayer, there could be another thing, you know, he could have said, man, you know, this place, this prison, it's really bad, Okay, it stinks. Okay, I, they haven't washed it, you know, since the last one week. They, they haven't done anything. You know, it's, it's really bad. The living conditions here are really bad. Okay, no AC. It's really hot. Okay, I can't even sleep in the night. Mosquitoes. Please pray that, you know, that if, if you know, if it's, if it is God's will that I should be here, pray that you know, things get a little better so that, you know, I'm writing these letters, you know, to these churches. Pray that, you know, man, all of these things become really good okay, that I can really have that, you know, peace of mind, that presence of mind, you know, to write the right things to these churches, encourage them. Think about all the things that Paul could do. But yet, you know, not once you see in that letter, he's talking about himself, where he says that, listen, guys, pray for me. Pray that, you know, God uses me. Pray that this happens. I mean, he's he's saying, listen, whatever has happened to me. Whatever has gone on, it's happened for good. You know, the vision and the calling that God has in my life, God has taken it to the next level. And, and you know, that's the way I believe every time you're faced with a bad situation, every time you're faced with a negative or, you know, a really bad experience, I believe that's the place that we need to come to. And that's number four. You know, we learn to reverse the prison. Reverse may not be a great word, I understand. Okay, but that's, you know, I'm just trying to rhyme. Okay. Okay. You can either curse your prison, you can either nurse your prison, you can learn to rehearse it or you could come to the place and respond, you know, to every adverse situation that you know that you're going through and learn to reverse the prison that you are. You know, Paul did that. The minute, you know, you look at this prison experience that you're in, you look at this bad experience that you're in, you're stuck, you can't move forward, you come to a place where you just don't know what to do. Can I tell you, you can look at that situation and when you start looking at that situation with the grid or through the grid of the calling that God has in your life, can I tell you, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. You know, you, you can come to a place where, you know, your prison can end up becoming a pulpit You know, that for for Paul, that's what had happened. You know, his prison had literally become a pulpit where, you know, suddenly, you know, there were new opportunities that he could see. His obstacle had become an opportunity for him. He came to a place, you know, where where he was literally realized, I mean, I don't know if any time, you know, when he was in prison, Paul could have thought, you know, man, I'm in this prison. How is the gospel going to advance? Man, that church is struggling. This church is struggling. I don't know what's going to happen. He could have thought about all of those things. And yet, you know, when he was in this prison, he started seeing what God was doing doing even inside of that prison. Can I tell you this church? 2022 sometimes might be the most difficult year that you might have gone through. But when you start looking at that prison and you say that man and you open up your eyes and say that man, God is going to use this prison experience to bring good you will start seeing God do so many things. And that's why Paul was able to see those things that was happening around him. That's why Paul is able to write in his letter and say that, man, man, these are the things that's happening. You know, the calling is being fulfilled. The vision is being fulfilled. That's what matters to me at the end of the day, not what happens to me through this particular prison experience. Okay. Can I tell you this? Okay. The message of the gospel. Okay. When you start following Jesus Christ, it's not going to be a happy day. Okay, the message of the gospel is not that, you know, God will help you through a bad day. Many times you will not see God helping you through that bad day. Okay, a good attitude will help you through a bad day. Okay, but the message of the gospel, you know what the message of the gospel is? That God will use your prison to launch you and the kingdom forward. If you will stay, learn not to quit, stay on the mission, just continue to stay on the mission. Okay, when you start looking at your problems, when you start looking at your prison, and when you say that, man, I know that I'm in this prison. I don't know when I'll get up. But I know that, you know, God has allowed this prison in my life for a very specific reason. If I'm here, it's because it's not without God knowing the fact that I'm But I'm going to look at where I am. And I'm going to, you know, look at how God is going to use this prison to bring glory to his name. You see, can I tell you this? When our prison becomes about his kingdom, when our focus becomes about him more than us, you start seeing your prison as a pulpit. You start seeing your prison as you know an opportunity. You start seeing your prison as an ability to advance, you know, what God's kingdom is all about. You know. Our prayers, you know, suddenly takes a turn when you start learning to reverse the prison that you are in. You know, your prayers, you know, no longer it's about, you know, God, deliver me from this prison. Deliver, bring me a breakthrough, you know, help me to get out of where I am. It doesn't become about that. It becomes about what God can do in your life. Okay. That is why, can I tell you this? That is why God was able to use Paul to bring glory to us. Even though Paul was in a prison, even though Paul couldn't do great things. You know, Paul was chained. Okay. He could not walk around in the prison preaching the gospel to all the prisoners that was there. Now he was in one dark cell, one dark dungeon, chained to the wall. He could not even, but still, even being chained, even being stuck in that place, God was able to use him because he did not curse it. He did not nurse it. He did not rehearse it. He said that, listen, God, this prison should become your pulpit. This prison should become an opportunity for your gospel. Can I tell you this, church? Okay, moving forward into 2022. I don't believe, you know, COVID, Omicron, any of those things. I don't believe that is going to be a prison wall for us that we can't just break throughout. No, God is going to do his work, even though, you know, this is all that we can possibly do. Okay. And in fact, you know, I want to close, you know, by uh, this is, you know, when I was praying, you know, for the church. And this is the word, you know, that God gave me for us as a church. And uh, this is what I want to say, you know. This is what God showed. It's from the book of Isaiah, chapter 2, verse 2 to 3. Here's what God says. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. And you know, when I was reading through this, the picture of Manipal came into my mind. Okay, the picture of Manipal, because Manipal, if, I mean, if you've been to Manipal, you know this, okay, Manipal is a place of mountains and hills and all of those things. And here's what he's saying. Listen, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of all of those mountains. Okay, and look at what he says. It shall be exalted above all hills and all nations shall flow to it. Okay, verse 3. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. You know what he's saying here? Listen, here's what I believe God is saying. Listen, if you are willing, regardless of the obstacles, regardless of the prison experiences that you might be going through, even right, if you are willing to, you know, look to the Lord, if you are willing to come to a place where you say that, listen, God, this is all about you, this is about your kingdom, It's about, you know, what you you can do in my life in this particular experience, can I tell you this, this will happen in your life. People will come running towards you, you know, and, and I was thinking about Manipal and the church, you know, I was thinking... Manipal is known, you know, anytime the word Manipal is mentioned, Manipal is always known for academic excellence. I think last year also they did very well, you know, in the rankings of all the colleges that was there. You know, amazing that to see that, you know, Manipal still tops the list in many of those rankings that's there. But I believe, you know, that this is going to come to pass even in the church, you know, even in, you know, what God is going to do in that place. God is going to, you know, take the church to a place where... You know, people are going to come to Manipal. They're going to hear about the spiritual awakening that is going to be happening in Manipal in the days to come. And they're going to come running and going to come to say, listen, let's go to Manipal. God is doing something there." Let's go to Manipal. God is doing something there. You know, we need to go to the house of God of Jacob. We need to see, you know, what he's teaching there, what God is teaching there. And we should also learn to walk in the ways that God is teaching us. Here's what he says. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Can I tell you this, church? Okay. God is going to lift you up in the midst of your prison, if you're not going to, you know, look at all the prison experiences that you're going through and say that, man, oh, this is where I am. And, you know, we're going to say that, oh, we'll just wait, you know, some things are telling us when you start recognizing that God is up to some, even in that prison experience, that's when you will start seeing God move, not just in the situation that you're going through, but even in every other place that you're in. All right. So... I want to just, you know, encourage every one of you here, all right? Facing 2022, all right? I don't know what God has in store for each of us individually and personally, okay, even as a church, okay? But here's what I believe. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And let's move forward with the calling that God has placed in our lives because God is going to do great things in this coming Amen. So let's just look to the Lord right now in prayer. All right. And I want us to, you know, just for a moment, I want you to look and reflect. Okay. Maybe, maybe, you know, you're in a prison experience of your own right. Or maybe you're in a place where you don't know, you're stuck. You're, you know, you just don't seem to be moving forward personally, spiritually, you know, in every way you seem to be stuck in that place. Can I tell you this? Let's come to this place right now. We're willing to surrender those prisons to the Lord. Okay, like I said earlier, you know, we can look at this prison and say that, man, I'm just going to surrender to this prison right now. I can't do anything about it, so might as well be where I am. Or let's yield to something that's greater, the purpose and the vision for which God has called us for. And can I tell you this, George, each and every one of us has been called to a greater purpose and a greater vision. Okay, so here's what I want us to do right now. Even as we step into this new year, all right, even as we step into this um, 2022, let's surrender every prison that we might be going through right now before the Lord. And let's surrender to the vision and the calling that God has placed in each and every one of our lives this evening. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, Father, Lord, Lord, for giving us this opportunity, Lord, Father, just to be in your presence, Lord, Father. Lord, at the beginning of this year, Lord, Father, Lord, we want to come to a place, Lord, Father, where we are going to, be willing to look at you, Lord, Father. Lord we are not going to look at all the experiences all the bad experiences everything that has gone bad Lord Father Lord maybe the last two years Lord Father Lord was tough but Lord uh, even 2022 at the beginning it looks very tough Lord Father we don't know what to expect we don't know what we are going to see but Father we believe by faith Lord that you are going to do great things in the days to come Lord Lord we believe Lord Father Lord that as we keep looking at you Lord just like we heard from the life of Paul Lord Father we want to look at you Lord Father Lord we want to look at the calling that you have on our lives, Lord Father. Lord, nothing is impossible for you, Lord Father. Nothing is impossible for you, Lord. And I want to surrender every person in the church right now, every person who is listening, Lord Father, Lord. Lord, I pray and I ask, Lord Father, Lord, whatever prison experience that they might be going through right now. Lord, every discouragement, every disappointment. Father, we want to bring it right now before your hands, Lord. Moving into 2022, Lord Father, Lord. Lord, let us not be extinguished, Lord Father, of the hope that we have to carry, Lord Father. Because, Lord, our hope lord father is in you lord father our hope is in you lord jesus and we believe our faith that you are going to take us lord father lord from glory to glory from victory to victory lord this is going to be the year lord father we're going to see major breakthroughs happen in our life lord father because lord our lives are not going to be about us anymore but our lives are going to be about you lord our lives are going to be lord father centered about what you want to do in our lives lord and father we want to come to a place of surrender this evening lord lord even at the beginning of this year We want to surrender ourselves before you, Lord, Father. You take complete control of our lives, Lord. You take complete control of our lives, Lord, Father. And help us, Lord. To see beyond the prison experiences, Lord Father. To see what you're doing in the midst of our prison experiences, Lord Father. Lord, your word says, Lord Father, Lord, that Lord, you walked with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego inside the fiery furnace, Lord Father, Lord. Lord, you walked with Moses and the Israelites in the Red Sea, Lord Father, Lord. Lord, we want to see, Lord Father, Lord, despite every difficult circumstance that we might go through. Father, we want to see you walk with us, Lord Father, Lord. We want to see, Lord Father, Lord, what you're going to do, Lord Father, because Paul saw those things, Lord, and we want to see and we want to declare, Lord, that you, what you're going to do, Lord, Father. I also want to pray for our church in Manipal, Lord, Father. Lord, we believe, Lord, Father, Lord, Lord. Manipal was known, Lord, Father, Lord, Lord, is still known as a place of academic excellence, Lord, Father. Lord, their college ranks, Lord, Father, Lord, in some of the top ranks, Lord, Father, Lord, in the ranking list. But Father, we want to, Lord, Father, Lord, see Manipal being known as a place of spiritual awakening, Lord, Father. We want to see, Lord, Father. Lord God moving in such a powerful and tangible way that people are going to recognize Manipal and people are going to want to come to Manipal to see what God is doing Lord Father they don't want to come to Manipal just to enjoy or just to see the great college and just to study there Lord Father but Lord they're going to Lord Father want to come just like this word that you spoke Lord that Lord people are going to come and say come let us see what God is doing Lord Father Lord in Manipal Lord we thank you Father we want to surrender Manipal once again into your hands Lord Take complete control, Lord Father. We thank you, we praise you, Father. In Jesus' most mighty and precious name we pray. Amen. Receive the benediction. Uh, May the love of God our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of us now and forevermore. Amen. That really spoke to me. And I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this, if you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.